you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth i have spent over a third of my life living in studio apartments one of them was under 200 square feet the other one was exactly 250 square feet So I know a lot about living with a little. Today's episode is all about studio apartment living. I'm going to share my secrets about storage, about living simply, and about small spaces. Let's get talking. So Julia, you have a burning question about creating a stylish studio. Let's hear it. Hi, Betsy. My name is Julia, and I love your podcast. I wanted to ask you a question. I'm going to be moving to a less than 400 square foot studio apartment, and I feel very lost in the world of Murphy beds, tiny sofas, drop leaf tables, and the like. So if you could please give us some of your thoughts on how to design for a very small space, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. As someone who lived in studio apartments for over a third of my life, as I said before, I was doing the math. I think it's about 14 years. Yowch. And that's five studios. So I've had experience with lots of layouts, lots of little amounts of square footage, and I have some tried and true rules that I lived by. The first one is that you need to live in your space how you live 350 days a year. This does not just apply to studios, by the way. It applies to any apartment or home. What this means is that if one day a month you're going to have four people over to watch a football game, if one day a month you're going to make dinner and serve it to your neighbors across the hall, I don't want you decorating for that. I don't want you thinking about it. I don't want you buying furniture to accommodate it. You're only supposed to buy furniture or have things in your space that you'll be using 350 days of the year. So it's really fun to think about having people over to your small studio for that blowout birthday party, everyone shoulder to shoulder, but I don't want you buying floor pillows. I don't want you buying folding chairs. You won't need them or you'll borrow them or you'll have a BYO pillow party because it's just not a priority. And when you have that stuff in your house for the rest of the days and you have such a small amount of space, it's really limiting. The other thing I think is really important is my kiss rule. Kiss in your studio. Uh, The kiss rule is keep it simple studio. 
Because a lot of people think that you have to get really tricky items. I call it the MacGyver syndrome. They feel like you need a bed that folds out and becomes a desk that has drawers underneath and becomes a dining table. They think you need an ottoman that has storage that flips up to become a coffee table. And really, you just need to keep it simple because a lot of those tricked out items don't perform any one of those functions very well. That storage ottoman holds some of the throw blankets, but not all the throw blankets. Then you have to put some in the closet. It holds your cup kind of well when you balance the tray on top, but it doesn't actually function as a coffee table that would ever hold more than a snack. So you really have to ask yourself, are these MacGyvered pieces, these pieces that are supposed to be serving lots of functions, even doing one very well? So I try and avoid that and just get a coffee table, <laughs> just get a bed or a futon. And I'm not anti-futon, by the way, as somebody who slept on a futon for over 10 years. Oh my goodness. Speaking of TMI. So speaking of sleeping, I really don't care for Murphy beds. I have lived in very small spaces, very, very small spaces, spaces where I could reach out and touch each wall small spaces. And the thing about a Murphy bed is it doesn't actually allow you to have more furniture because you have to be able to fold it down at night without moving anything else around. Otherwise, it just becomes prohibitive to actually put it up and down. So you're just left with an empty space. So Murphy bed is really only good if you just need a wide amount of open space during the day. If your space is super tight and basically you just need to walk. Or I had a client who lived in the West Village who needed that open space because he was a dancer and needed to be able to stretch and move and didn't actually want to put functional furniture back in that place. So I think that makes sense for a Murphy bed. I think it's interesting the Murphy beds that fold up and have a couch on the other side or that transform to become a desk dining table combo, but a lot of them are quite expensive and I have used the couch ones and I was not impressed because the cushions are actually quite foamy and dense and then you have to still manipulate the couch. It doesn't just pop up perfectly and it's over $3,000. It's just, what are we doing? What are we really doing? So I only think you need to have a Murphy bed if when you hear Murphy bed and when you envision a Murphy bed in your space, you find it's the perfect solution. If you're at all on the fence about a Murphy bed, it's not right for you. The next recommendation would be to pimp out your closet. So I lived in very small studios and the one place where you can really maximize storage and get bang for your buck is your closet. So you need to use every little bit of that closet, unlike your living space, which I don't like to max out with things. You want to have some open pockets so that the space feels even bigger. If you maximize your living space with all these pieces of furniture and all this visual storage and all these shelves, it's going to look smaller. But if you maximize that closet and shut the door, you can really create a more functional space. So I highly recommend spending a good fraction of your budget on a closet system. You know, California closets, ouch, could be a necessary evil. There are places online, which I've been intrigued by but never personally used, but I've heard good things from my clients like creativeclosets.com or like closetorganizing.com where you can put in the measurements of your closet and they will create a system for you and then you just have a carpenter or a handyman install the pieces that they send you. So I think that could be more interesting because after having worked with California closets a couple times, not my fave. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. 
Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. So pimp out that closet and you can maximize what you can really hold in that studio. The other thing you might want to think about is paint color because there are paint colors that will make your space look larger. And blue is said to have an expansive effect in terms of making any space look bigger because we're used to seeing large swaths of blue, be it the sky, be it the ocean. Let's not talk about the Hudson River uh, because then we'd be painting everything brown, but large expanses. So think about painting your small studio a light blue. My favorite light blues happen to be silver gray from Benjamin Moore. I also like iceberg and uh, beach glass is particularly charming if you prefer sort of a tealy leaning blue. And of course, there's always my go-to tealy looking blue harbor haze. I'll have links to all that on our podcast page, bigdesignsmallbudget.com. So Julia, I hope that answered your question. And now you know that you can live gracefully and for 14 years of your life in a studio apartment. Design. TMI. So now it's time for Design TMI. And there's a lot of TMI when you live in a small studio. I tell you what, my very first apartment in the city was um, under 200 square feet. And as I mentioned before, when I reached out my arms, I could touch both walls. When I went to sleep at night, my head touched one wall, my feet touched the other, so I had to curl up. And you could not be in my bathroom and shut the door simultaneously. So there was a lot of TMI whenever I had a guest. Uh, let's let's put it that way. <laughs> there were a lot of people walking up and down the sidewalk, um, taking shifts in the bathroom. So one thing that I learned is that in a small space, you're doing a lot of different things. You're sleeping, you're cooking, you're studying, you're working, you're entertaining. So you want to be a little bit calmer with your decor because there's lots of stuff that you have to do in this one room and there's lots of emotions that you want to feel and lots of energies that you need to have. And if you have a really dominant decor, for instance, in that first studio, this was before um, I had a taste level, but I painted that studio bubblegum pink because I was very poor and I had this shower curtain I got in the Salvation Army that was bubblegum pink with flowers that were red and yellow. For some reason, I was very moved by it. And I turned it into my drapes and fashioned those drapes through the shower curtain ring holes with ribbons that were also bubblegum pink. 
and hand-painted flowers all over my wall that coordinated with the shower curtains flowers. I had a lot of energy and not a lot of taste back then. Um, But anyway, it was very hard to live in that space. My decor was so dominating that I couldn't feel anything but enthusiastic and feminine in that space. And it was really exhausting. I would have to leave my space to feel anything akin to tranquil or calm. And so you really want to think about having a space that can roll with you when you're changing what you want to do during your day. And so I would do things that are a little bit more subdued and a little bit more flexible and maybe use a lot of black and white art or maybe use those more calming paint colors like a light blue or even a neutral, restraining yourself to just pops of color through throw pillows and some accent pieces like vases or picture frames, and really not making the walls, aka wallpaper or bright colors, or large dominant art pieces, the showstoppers in a studio. Whereas in other places, like a home, you can have the living room be quite vibrant and loud with big colors and bold ideas, but in the bedroom, you might want to do something more relaxing. In a studio, you don't have that luxury. You have to pick one theme or feel and allow for flexibility within it. So I learned my lesson. In my living room, there are no hand-painted flowers and there are no shower curtains from the Salvation Army. Not yet, at least. Not yet. So thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time. In the meanwhile, feel free to send in your questions to Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. Of course, you can visit bigdesignsmallbudget.com to see links to everything we've discussed on today's show, to send me questions, and to just say hi. Thank you so much. Send in those questions and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.